Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go in to the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial spreading the truth of the catholic faith to the new york city metropolitan area we always ask that you download the veritas catholic radio network mobile app so that wherever you are you can listen to veritas catholic radio we are an ewtn affiliate so you you get that programming plus our original programming which includes restless and uh bishop caggiano let's be frank and of course the front line with joe and joe and most importantly share it with your friends and if you like what joe and i do we also have our uh, commentary show on social media, and you can find us at either either the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV, or the Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube. You know what to do: like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. And today we are a uh, little bit of a change of pace. A lot of times we're we're uh, speaking with authors, and Lorraine Bennett, who's joining us here today, is an author. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're going to be talking about a game. All right. And the game is Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. Now, this is out by Sophia Institute Press. Um, and we always encourage people to go out and either buy the books or, in this case, buy the game. Uh, don't buy it on Amazon or anywhere else. If it is available there, buy it at Sophia Institute Press. We need to support our Catholic authors and we need to support our Catholic publishers. So, some of you out there might know or have heard of Lorraine. Having said that, I'm going to give a brief introduction. Lorraine Bennett has a master's degree in philosophy and has co-authored six books with her husband, Art, and one solo book, A Year of Grace, 365 Reflections for Caregivers. She helped create the popular TempermentQuiz.com. The Bennetts reside in Northern Virginia, have been married 45 years, and have four adult children and eight grandchildren. Lorraine Bennett, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Well, thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here. This is awesome, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure, Lorraine. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Lorraine, we always start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we find to you a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you become before you we stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother, the word incarnate, despise not a petition, spit in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lorraine, I guess a good place to start is we should define some terms like what exactly is temperament number one <clears throat> and what inspired you to create the, the game i mean just you know gotta ask yeah. great questions <laughs> um so first we do like to explain what temperament is because we are not trying to put anybody in a box so my husband and i we um, co-authored three books on temperament and uh, the temperament God gave you was the first one and then the temperament God gave your spouse was second and the temperament God gave your kids was the third um, but anyway uh, temperament itself we're not trying to put people in boxes 
but it is not the whole of our personality, but it is that aspect of our personality that we like to say is God's gift to us to kickstart our personalities. So we say that it's the nature as opposed to nurture. Um, and it's that aspect of your total personality that kind of is the, it's sort of the way you're hard, hardwired in a sense, like you, it's what you naturally kind of tend to do as in response to any outward stimuli. For example, um, you might be, some people are very quick to respond and some, some people are very intense, you know, when they respond and other people are very thoughtful and kind of slow to respond and you know if you ask them a question they might say hmm you know and think about it for five minutes other people are really really extroverted and they're people person people people <laughs> and they just you know they love a good party they love socializing and activities and whatnot and other people are very introverted and they would rather be reading a good book you know or being by themselves or with one good friend um, and these are all aspects of our temperament so it's kind of like how do we tend to respond but crucially for catholics we know that we're not like determined to respond in any certain way, but rather we are called by God to respond to his grace. So we say we, you can always respond to God's grace in, in freedom. And you can choose to respond, you know, like in a knee-jerk reaction, like you might be by the way you're hard, hardwired, let's say, but you can always choose to respond in the most appropriate way um, given the situation. So that's kind of why we started writing about temperament, because once you know what your temperament is, you kind of have a head start on what would be, what are good, what are virtues that you might want to pursue, or what are strengths and what are weaknesses of your, of your temperament, of your God-given temperament. Okay. I, 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 that was enlightening because I didn't know that. So, but, but a temperament, let's say an extrovert, an yeah. extroverted person. I think I qualify just throwing okay. that out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously like all gifts from God, uh, we could use them appropriately, sometimes inappropriately, right. but does the temperament now, am I always, again, I'm not determined. I can make a choice, exactly. but is it something in me that I am an, an extroverted person and what I just need to do is to take that temperament and adapt it to the good or, yes. or, or can I change, can I become an introverted person by, by an act of my will? Well, we think not. Um, and there's actually some, there's actually psychological research that sort of backs this up. Um, but we, we believe that your temperament is, is, that aspect that is natural in you. So it is kind of, you know, it's just there from birth actually. And so it isn't something that we think you would suddenly change or even be able to change. You may struggle to do that. So I like to give an example of myself actually. <laughs> so I'm, I, I, uh, um, I have always struggled with, with, um, I'm sort of, I'm a combination temperament of, of choleric and sanguine. So the four classic temperaments we talk about in our books, uh, choleric, sanguine, 
melancholic and phlegmatic. But putting that aside, um, one of the aspects of that temperament is that I tend to impulsively kind of want to argue and debate um, and in sometimes in a very inappropriate way. So I like speak up and speak my mind. And then later I'm like, oops, I shouldn't have done that, you know, and I, I've struggled with it literally my whole life. And even at work, I sometimes would get in arguments with my boss, you know, and like how and I would kick myself afterwards, right? I would say, why did you do that yet again? You know, you're struggling to do this. So if I could have turned into a, you know, lovely, thoughtful, introverted person, that would have, you know, I probably would have made that choice, but I couldn't. So instead, I had to practice the opposing virtues, you know, so my vice was this impulsive tendency to argue. And then so I had to learn to become a lot more thoughtful, deliberate, and, um, you know, and, and patient, and, and non argumentative, and more peaceful. And so I had to like, really, and I still do um, struggle with that, but I, you know, learned some techniques and, you know, like counting to 10 and thinking, wonderful thoughts about the other person praying for them, let's say, you know, things like that. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and it's so interesting. Lorraine Bennett joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. She's out with a game. All right. Produce the game. Know thyself. The game of temperaments. I tell you one thing, Lorraine, what you said about talking about politics at work. I've had to I'll tell you what, when I'm trying not to, yeah. it hurts. Yeah, when yeah. I hear, especially lately over the last couple of weeks, and I work with a lot of liberals, I always have, okay, um, <laughs> let's say, and uh, who are very uh, grief, stri uh, grief stricken over the last couple of weeks, oh, yeah. <laughs> overturning Roe versus Wade and kind of crying about it. Anyway, um, and I've had to bite my tongue. Yeah. And I, it, hurt, it hurts me because I because I'm like what you just described. I want to yeah. I hear something over here. Yeah. Like I hear something out of this, you know, out of the side of my ear. And I know it's outrageous, like an outrageous statement has just been made. And I really have to control myself. And I feel pain because yeah. I want to. <laughs> but again, I guess it's like you said, you, yeah. you, you have to control that. But Joe wants to talk about the game. So I'm going to hand it back to him. Well, as the, as the title goes, I mean, know thyself um, yeah. and based upon your background uh, as a, a student of philosophy, you know, immediately Socrates comes to mind. Exactly. And I think it's very important. That's a great question. Know thyself. I mean, whether you're a religious person or you're not a religious person, I think it leads to a successful life. Well, we yes. could phrase it agnostically that way. If you know who you are, as in terms of your temperaments, but also like your flaws, your strengths, um, just speaking generally, you know, across the American culture, I mean, do you think people know themselves or, or better yet, are we questing to know ourselves? I mean, as Catholics, we're, we're supposed to be on a journey to truth, which is Christ himself. Um, all people. Whether, you know, to be honest with you, even if you're outside the church, which means you haven't embraced the fullness of truth, you should be journeying towards that. I mean, are we doing that as an American culture? I'm, I'm interested in your comments. Oh, that is a that is a great question and a great thought, too, to consider, because um, it, we absolutely should be. Uh, on a quest to know know ourselves, um, and in fact, I like to um, point to Saint Teresa of Avila, who uh, she said she here she is this great saint, doctor of the church, and a mystic, um, and she said she would never cease to on her quest to know 
herself, that self-knowledge. She said it was so important that even if she was raised to the highest heaven, she would still try to seek self-knowledge. And it, it's that important. And she said it's important, not because she just wanted to like, you know, think about herself, you know, in a self, selfish, self-centered way, not at all. It was to grow in humility and to really understand who she is, um, especially in relation to God. But as to your question, what about people today? I actually fear that it's, it, we're grow going less and less in that direction. I, I feel like we are getting more and more um, kind of entertained by superficial types of things and very, and, and immediate rewards, you know, like of, of you know, people, you know, with computers and games and uh, social media and whatnot, we, we're having this like immediate um, response, you know, that we get and we're just like, um, it, it, maybe it's like a buildup of dopamine or something or some hormone that people have suggested, but you're, like we're maybe rewiring our brains to be more superficial and less um, and less thoughtful and less um, delving into our own in, into self knowledge. Uh, so I do um, I do wonder and and actually I fear, especially with our grandkids who are even more uh, connected to um, to, to the internet and to social media and to, um, all that kind of stuff. They're playing video games, you know, all the time. They get so sucked into it. All their yeah. friends are doing it and they're doing, it. you know, it, it's just, and even in the schools, you know, <laughs> they're using computers, you know, to, yeah. Yeah, I did go ahead. Lorraine Bennett uh, join, joining yeah. us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasolo and Joe Racinello. We're way in the breach discussing Lorraine's new game, Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. So you go and buy it. It's out at Sophia Institute Press. Um, the criticism, if you want to call it that, Lorraine, that Joe and I usually have, and this is the way we would describe what you're talking about, <laughs> is we've become a culture where, where generally speaking, okay, um, we've allowed ourselves as a culture to embrace our animal instincts and our animal desires rather than having our reason and our intelligence govern our animal instincts and animal desires. The relationship has been inverted. Now, we are Catholic. We know that this is a struggle, okay? We struggle with sin. We struggle against some of these, let's say, desires, passions, okay? But we have our reason and intelligence and, dare I say, God's grace, that we mm -hmm. ask for to help us control those things. It seems like our culture is saying, "Do what you want." Right. If it may, like the, like you're what you're describing is now, I guess, what Mark Zuckerberg would call the metaverse. You yes. know, they even changed the name of the company to Meta. I was just having a conversation recently with a with a friend of mine at work. In other words, it's an alternative reality, but yeah. it is not reality. Not um, reality. And it only feeds, like you said, those animal instincts. And we need to start remembering. That, that you mentioned the gifts from God, reason yeah. and intelligence, all right, exactly. are what make us in the image and likeness of God. Talk about that a little bit. And the need to remember, those who would say they're liberating us in this culture are, are our slave masters. And oh, the yeah. church is the one who's seeking to liberate you. Christ, through yeah. his church, uh, yeah. is seeking to liberate you from these things. Discuss that a little bit, Lorraine Bennett. That's absolutely true. Um, and it's, it's like, it's actually really scary. It's the more we are 
becoming enslaved by our passions, as you said, the, I mean, the less free we are to respond to God, to God's grace, the less free we are in general. And yet people don't realize this. They think that they are free because they're free to do whatever they want or to be whoever they want to be. Like if a guy wants to be a girl, you know, it's ridiculous. Right. Like right. it's absolutely bizarre the direction that we're going, I think. Um, but yes, in um, traditional Catholic uh, theology, we have always, you know, passions are not um, innately bad. They're morally neutral, actually, you know, but we need to, our reason is supposed to be, just as you said, in charge of that. Like our reason is the one who's, you know, ultimately should decide whether we pursue that particular passion. Like if we get angry or we are fearful or these just spontaneously arise in us, but yet we need to have use of our reason. And, and yet the more we give in to the passions and and we see it in our culture today, the less we are able to have our reason come back in charge of that situation, we get more and more enslaved. Um, so it's a very yeah. frightening situation. It reminds me of, have you ever seen The Matrix, that very first one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's exactly like that. Those people were all in a virtual reality. And when I first saw the thing about the metaverse coming out, I go, they're saying this is a good thing. This is the Matrix. It was evil in the movie. You well, know? Lorraine Bennett, remember, remember, Mark Zuckerberg said, I, I thought it was outrageous. I don't know why we didn't call him out on it more. He said in many ways, at the time, he wasn't calling it meta, meta, meta it was still Facebook. In many ways, social media and Facebook can replace religion. Oh, my gosh. Did and you I, say I, I was totally like, dude, like when, when the Bible talks about pride, that's the perfect example of it. Example. You know, yeah. and that's a, but that's the way a lot of people look at it. Um, you know, and, and and it really and it is frightening because if you live in a society where people's passions control their reason, which right. I think you can make a very good argument for the last since the sexual revolution of the 1960s, that's right. what we're living in. Okay, mm -hmm. um, it's it's not a pretty place. Nobody no. can look around. Joe Resinello always likes to say, "No, you know, as Christ said, know them by their fruit." Look out your window and see how it's working out for you. Don't right. you don't have to watch Fox News. You don't have to read a poll. Just open your window and look outside and see if this nonsense is working. But I don't want to go off on a diatribe. I'm going to hand it back to Joe. Well, go ahead, Lorraine. I'm sorry. You had a quick comment. No, no, no. I totally agree. It's like, it's crazy. It, what, what we once would have thought was incredibly evil, like being chained into, a, into an alternate reality that's not even real. You know, when, you know, it's, it's bizarre that we would want that. But that is that does seem the direction that things are going. And hopefully we as Catholics and as Christians, we can all like fight back against this um, whatever way we can. Amen. Amen. And Joe Resinello. I'm going to explore the know thyself uh, phrase by Socrates a little bit more, because I think it gets to the root of many of our problems. I think if one is striving to, to know themselves, it can be daunting because let's be honest, we're all imperfect. And, and one thing about 
Christianity, particularly Catholicism, it gives answers to questions that you can't find anywhere else, one of which is sin, and we're going to explore suffering later. There is no answer to sin outside of Jesus Christ, and frankly, outside of the Catholic Church in the confessional. You could tell yourself that I've been washed clean of the blood of Jesus because I believe in him, but you still feel bad, don't you? It's still inside of you, don't you? You still feel that weight of what you did. Well, when I go to confession, I don't. And that's not psychological. You see, someone could tell you that, oh, that's psychological. No, no, it's not. Try it. Maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. You see, know thyself brings you to places you don't want to go. And I think that's why our society doesn't do it. Because you go to someplace that you don't have an answer to. Then you start turning to Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse and you think you're a zebra or something crazy. I don't even know what the heck people are thinking of nowadays. Joe Rosello, I mean, there you go being judgmental. <laughs> are you telling me I can't be a zebra if I want to be? Go ahead, Joe. Uh, nowadays, you can be anything you want, yeah, I guess. But I'm interested want. in both your comments on that because I think underlying, everyone always says like, oh, it's your truth or I want to... But ultimately, to really know yourself, you come up against a brick wall unless you find Jesus in the Catholic Church because you can't answer the, the fact that you're not flawed and you're a sinner. Right. I think you really put it best um, a little bit earlier when you said, we want to know the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ, you know? So that's the thing is like, you have to, that it. when people say, oh, I want my truth, you know, it's, it's not going to be the truth. It's not going to be the truth. And so they're just already in a, in, in a situation where they're, uh, they're lying to themselves. So right there, they're not knowing themselves, you know, it's just, and, and of course we all want, we have a tendency, of course, to, want to uh, think happy thoughts about ourselves and not to face the reality, as you said, of sin. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, we're, we're going to be much more free ultimately when we do face reality um, and we only end up more further enslaved when we don't. And in fact, um, I think with with the game, actually, one of the uh, game, of course, is supposed to be fun. And it is a fun game um, if you play it and also play it with a lot of people like 10, 10 people is like a great, (laughs) a great number. But um, everybody laughs and has fun. But one of the things you find out is you kind of get a little uh, pinprick of 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 reality of of who you who you are in terms of temperament. So uh, the way it's played is other people get to pick a card that they think applies to you. So when it's your turn, so like um, you might, somebody might put down, um, you know, a card that it said um, uh, unempathic, you know, and you go, what me? I'm so empathic. Why would you think that about me? But maybe maybe you should think about that. You know what I mean? So we kind of like, that's maybe not that, that seems like a little harsh example, maybe, but um, most of the cards are very fun and and not you know negative. But there are a few that can, you can kind of learn something about yourself with. So it's both fun and informative. If uh, that helps explain the game. No, no, it does. Especially if it could get the kids away from the Xbox. Right. You know, <laughs> you know which I got no problem. You know, my my son, he I let him play Xbox. I got you know I got I, I 
guide him and make sure, you know, I watch what he's playing. No, no, but get him away from that. Get him into get him into good games. All right, you can always play Monopoly, but we want you to play Know Thyself. The Game yeah. of Temperament is out by Sophia Institute Press, and the creator is Lorraine Bennett, and she's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. And as always, we're going into the breach because we always want to get into, you know, you know, we want to ex- always expand the conversation a little bit further. We're trying to impart something to our audience. I think the conversation, by the way, on what we were doing in the last 10 minutes is crucial to uh, not just our society, but I think worldwide. I mean, Europe's going through the same thing. I mean, it's all over the world. The only place it might be a little less successful is Africa, because it seems like it seems like in Africa, you know, like, uh, you know, you're not going to go to Africa and say that the man is a woman or a woman is a man. I think they're going to kick your butt out, you know, but Europe, you know, supposedly enlightened Europe and enlightened America, you know, you know, embracing all this nonsense. I think the best way that we could help people to describe what you're talking about, Lorraine Bennett, to begin to know thyself is you have to understand. I always say, you know, beware of strangers bearing gifts. Nobody's giving you anything. The person who says they want to liberate you and they don't even know you, okay, they're not looking to liberate you. They're looking to enslave you. And if you lead an unexamined life, if you don't think about these things, if you don't strive to know yourself, to know your temperaments, as Joe was describing earlier along the same lines, then you're going, you're on the path or you already are a slave. My question to any young person out there, do you want to be a slave? Do you, do you want to? Because that's exactly what they're grooming you for. It's just to do whatever the culture says. All right. And don't worry about knowing yourself. It's all subjective anyway. Your thoughts on that, Lorraine? Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, and I just, I really hope that um, this is just like a, a small effort, you know, to creating a game, but we do have a book that we, and as I said, three books actually on temperament um, that really go more into deeply into the spiritual life and how we can get along with other people and and all those things. And, and these are ways that we can, kind of slowly bring the light of truth uh, because sometimes you can't just like, and I think in our society, we're, you know, so far down this, this road, which is, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, where male swimmers are competing as female swimmers and are crushing that, you know, like, I think they actually, somebody may be ruled on that because that, that's outrageous. Like, but we're so far gone that we kind of, it's like, if we just yell at them, that might not work. You know what right. I mean? We just, we can't just be, um, I, I feel like we have to kind of be a little like wise as serpents and gentle as doves, some, mm-hmm. as, as Christ said, um, you know, sometimes we have to just do what we can to try to turn things around, even in our small corner of the world, perhaps. And that's sort of what we're trying to do with our book and um, our books and our game. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in one of the in one of the things that Christ said is, um, you know, he said, about the the two great commandments, love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, all your strength, which is everything, (laughs) and your neighbor as yourself. And the, the, so the two great commandments, like when you're loving in order to love God, well, you, with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole, you have to put in that effort to know thyself. And, you know, it's like, we have to kind of see what are the areas where we need to work on so that we can love him fully because if we are 
enslaved in any way or we're you know ruled by our passions or whatever it is or we have these vices um those are areas where we're not able to love god as fully as he ought to be loved mm -hmm. and then secondly at the same time we're also not going to be that loving <laughs> of our spouse and our kids and our neighbors really um because we're if we're so full of ourselves and you know, I just think I'm, you know, if I'm so prideful and I'm, you know, I think I'm wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm kind of an obnoxious person then, you know, I'm not going to, or if I'm argumentative and I'm always, you know, shouting at other people, that's not loving because that doesn't feel like loving to them. So right. we need to work on some of these natural skills, which kind of come up in the whole concept of temperament, you know, it's like, absolutely. It's, yeah, natural virtues and natural vices. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let, let's uh, leave it there because we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Um, one thing I will tell you is this, that when you were talking, the thought came to my mind as Christ sent out the apostles. Okay. Yes. We go to mass. We hear hopefully a good homily. All right. And the priest sends us out. Mm -hmm. So when you said, you you know, you do your small thing, that's right. And Joe and I, we do our small thing. And this one does theirs. If we're, if we are all embracing the truth, which is Christ, and we're planting those seeds, that over time is go God is going to do the rest. Right. We plant the seeds, God pours the water. All right. And God's going to make it happen. That's the real way to do it. Like you said, you can argue with people. You're not arguing anybody into the church. You're not arguing anybody into a particular political movement. Just take the direction of Christ through the church and go out and keep spreading that truth. At least keep showing you're not buying the lies that are going out there, all right? Let's take a break on that. And this is a great conversation, Lorraine Bennett. Um, and we, we really appreciate it. At the Frontline with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, we're discussing Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. That's the game that Lorraine has created. It's available at Sophia Institute Press. And we're going to continue this great conversation on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Where there's Catholic Radio... The folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. We are pleased to be joined by Lorraine Bennett. We're discussing her new book, excuse me, her new game, Know Thyself, the Game of Temperaments. And with that, I'm going to hand it back over to Joe Racinello. On the other side of the break, I was listening to you guys talk about, like, the theme, Know Thyself, and, and a couple things came to mind. Um... First, my dad. My dad, Lorraine, was a very simple person. I come from very simple stock. He was a barber. And one thing about my father, he always used to say, um, was straight ahead. My father lived life looking it straight in the eyes. That's one thing. And I learned that. Like, like, and that's how I live, for the better or for the worse. Um, and then I thought of St. Francis. St. Francis, my father was Frank, so ironically, we'll talk about St. Francis too. Um, he said, who are you, Lord, and who am I? Knowing God helps you to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And when we do that and look life straight in the eyes, to be honest with you, we avoid a lot of traps. You see, I think the who are you, Lord, and who am I is something our society misses. And as a result, 
they create different realities for themselves. They rationalize their reality because they refuse to acknowledge God and who they really are. And if we really thought about that, like St. Francis did, to be honest with you, I think we would avoid a lot of pitfalls. A lot of like these misconceptions that people, forget about even social media, rationalizations. I mean, people live in rationalization. My one friend used to say to about my other buddy, he used to say, if you can't lie to yourself, he's a joke. Who can you lie to? I mean, like, this is how people live their life. They just lie to themselves because they don't know who God is. And frankly, they don't know who they are. Let's explore that. I mean, it can be a daunting like idea, but I think it's a healthy one because then you will look life straight in the face. You will live a good life, a dignified life. You will die with dignity in doing that. Frankly, the other way is not so good. Right. Oh, well, that's beautiful what your your dad said. And by the way, our latest grandchild's name is Franklin. <laughs> so <laughs> great name. Yeah, Frank. Baby Frank. He's so little, but it, we have a Frank too. <laughs> that's so great. Oh, I love it. Um, bring back the the solid names, you know, from the past. But anyway, um, yeah, he's <clears throat> your dad is right. And so is St. Francis, of course. Um And it's interesting because uh, a lot of times people think, oh, I don't want to be humble because humble is like being like a doormat or something or thinking you're dirt, you know, thinking bad of yourself. But it's not at all like that. Um, It's in fact, it's the opposite. It's knowing who you are in relation to God. Um, And and like you said, we um, in our society, we've really effectively just cut God out of the picture entirely. So it's all about us, you know, it's, um, which we, so we've created massive egos, I guess. Um, and we think we are God. If if there's, if there is no real God, then we must be gods. And I think we've just made ourselves into gods and that's why we think we can do anything we want and we can just, uh, you know, change our, our, our sexuality or gender or whatever it is they say now, (laughs) you know, now I'm, now I'm going to be a man and and just in flying in the face of all absolute truth. I mean, it's just, even scientists, uh, a friend of mine um, works with a scientist who is an atheist. And he said, he goes, you can't change your X and Y chromosomes. You can't do that. You're a man or a woman. So even the scientists, who's an atheist, knows this. However, anyway, um, but back to what you said, yes, we have to, I think humility is absolutely vital. And all the saints said that, um, that without, it, it, it's, it's a foundational virtue. Um, it's it, without humility, we are gonna really, really struggle to grow in any of the other virtues. And to, have that true authentic humility we do have to know ourselves we have to know like you mentioned earlier joe our our what are our sins we need to admit to those we need to go to confession um and also as you said confession is 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 such a beautiful sacrament with 
with real, you feel the efficacy of grace. It is not just a psychological benefit, like, oh, I'm going to go to confession and feel better. And as a matter of fact, you do feel better. So it has this psychological component, but it's the truth about it is that it confers real grace and that grace changes us. And we are now, we are now back, you know, united with, with even closer to Christ than we were before each and every time we go. Um, Absolutely. So beautiful. I, 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 I always remind people on the show, I think it was Carl Jung who said, if my client, if, 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 if my clients availed themselves of Catholic confession, I'd lose 90% of my clients. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I, I think I think so. I, I think it was Carl Jung that said that. Oh, all right. Yeah. So it's like, it's I mean, like, yeah, because because, you know, telling telling somebody else my my thoughts, laying on a couch in a psychiatrist's office or a, or a psychologist's office, you know, it's like you know Hollywood loves to caricature Catholic confession. Like in so many movies you see, and it's a caricature, or it's like mocking in some way. It's like you know what? Because they they've never experienced it. Because you've never really, you know, because to go to confession means, Lord, like you were talking about, both of you, about St. Francis. Lord, I know who you are, and I know who I am, okay? And I'm not you, okay? Um, and therefore, I need you to take my sins. He's the only one that could take your sins. That's why what you experience, I would just use a different word rather than feeling. I would say what you experience mm -hmm. is that cleansing, yeah. okay? Remember, Christ is the Savior. What is, what's he saving us from? Sin and death. Me. Ourselves. And I would tell any I would tell any people anybody in this culture is is like when we talk about the lies and the deceit that go on there, the deliberate duping of people. And the, you try to tell somebody, Joe and I were joking, Lorraine, before you came on the show. It's like uh, you know, the, people can put a tail on, like they could go to the costume store and put a tail on their back, and, and they could demand that you refer to them as furry. <laughs> but then you're but then you want to sit at a table with me and you want to try to tell me that you're serious about life and reality. Mm. You're deluded. I, I feel bad for you, but you have to understand you're sick in some way. So let's let's continue the conversation about sacraments. OK, yes. the yeah. need in all of this, mm -hmm. uh, in all of this for God's grace, because I can't do it. OK, I can't do it. I lived a lifestyle a long time ago that that I was ashamed of and had to go to have I had one of those adult confessions all right where it all came pouring out along with a lot of tears I've seen the consequence of it now the culture says no 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 if you're sleeping on your mother's couch at 38 years old and you're completely addicted to this that and the other thing and 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 you're lead, you're leading a destructive life no that's fine if it makes you feel good just do it don't worry you're going to go you're going to go into the ground when you die there's no heaven there's no hell there's no consequences Talk about the need for God's grace so that you know at least that's a lie. Wow, yeah, that, that is amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think in our society, it's, uh, I think it was JP2, John Paul II, who said that our contemporary culture thinks that freedom is freedom to do whatever we want, right? Or is it, yeah, no, no, it's freedom from, and what we really need is freedom to follow God. Right. Like we we don't want to be free from all rules. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want any rules. I don't want to I want to be free from this ridiculous church that tells me that they have commandments. Well, I don't I, don't, I want to be free from that. And John Paul II said, no, you want to be free to follow to 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 be the best person that you can possibly be, um, you know, to 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 be to follow 
Christ and to receive his grace. Yes. Um, and the sacraments uh, are absolutely essential in, in, in helping us to, what would we be? It would be, I can't imagine, actually, I, I feel very fortunate that I'm a Catholic, <laughs> you know, but I figured that, um, that God must have given me this opportunity because he knew I would need it. You know, it's like, you must need more grace than the average person because here you get to be Catholic, you know, but I mean, like, it, it is so wonderful to be able to go to daily mass, to go to confession. I, I do feel sorry for the, um, I have friends who are, you know, and they, they're like, well, I've been, you know, at, as you had mentioned earlier, it's like, I've, you know, I, Jesus is my savior. And, I, you know, it happened once and for all. And I'm like, but what do you do with the, you know, what happens if you, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, but then, you know, drop an F-bomb on the bus. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, how do you get rid of, like, what are you going to do? Or you're, you know, or you're, 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 you know, cruel to your spouse because you're, you yelled at them or said, said something mean, like, you're always doing this and I'm so mad at you and you stopped out of the house. Well, you feel, ter I feel terrible if I do something like that. And, you know, I need to go to confession. I need to, like, to, and, and that, um, Again, like as you said, the experience of of grace is is very real. Um, so I, yeah, I I think it's yeah, absolutely I've, wonderful that we have the church. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no, absolutely. I I, I think it's uh, Tim Staples from uh, Catholic Answers. I heard him one time. I uh, was watching a video, and he's a convert from evangelicalism, and mm -hmm. he described what you just described: the the once saved, always saved teaching, yeah. if you will. Um, yeah. He described it as dangerous. Yeah. And I agree with him because if you believe that, then you're not pursuing grace. Yeah. All right. You're, you're not cooperating with grace. Um, and it's always like, I never understood that criticism of Catholicism is like, well, you're a workspace religion. No, 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 no. But what I do is in cooperation with God's grace. I don't earn heaven. I'm not, right. I don't do, I don't, I'm not feeding a poor person and looking at God saying, oh, hey, look at what I did. Okay. But yes, there has to be a response. Jesus said that says, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't, if you're not feeding the, feeding the poor. You didn't give me a, you didn't give me a glass of water. I was thirsty. I mean, I don't understand like all the Sola Scriptura folk out there who read that passage and kind of like, you got to shake your head. It's like, well, I'm taking them literally there. You know, I'm taking them literally. Okay. Cause if you don't do those things, he's going to say, uh, depart from me. You know? So I, I, I know that was a bit of a digression, but you know, there's something, you know, that's one of the reasons why us as Catholics really need to, in a charitable way, really point out some of the flaws and errors of other Christians. It's like, no, no, grace is something you need to cooperate with. It's what you, it's, it's how you act in life. It's what you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. What you believe. Yes. First and foremost, but what you do as Joe and Bressanello likes to say on the show all the time, Lorraine Bennett is Christ not looking for believers, looking for followers. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so, sorry. Sorry about my little diatribe. Lorraine Bennett joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasolo, Joe Bressanello, the game of temperaments, know thyself. That's Lorraine's game. It's out at Sophia Institute press, Joe Bressanello. Well, we were talking about know thyself through our faults, and I think that's a common idea amongst all people. Um, we all know we're, you know, faulty, but as Catholics, we take that. We talked about that. We take that to confession, and we have a place to put it. Um, makes us fully human, frankly. Um, but I want to explore suffering because this is another thing. To know yourself is to know that you will suffer. Not just death, but life. There's suffering. And this is another aspect of everyone's life 
that they have no answer to. Christ is the only person that has an answer for sin and has an answer for suffering. And I think this is why a lot of people in our world struggle. They don't know where or what to do with suffering because it comes to you whether you like it or not. Whoever you are, you could go to MIT, you could run a company, whatever, you're going to suffer. Now, in terms of knowing yourself, there's an aspect of embracing that suffering. Talk about that a little bit, Lorraine, because I think that when we embrace suffering, we don't want it. But when it comes, we really grow exponentially. You see, one of the things that helped me and helps me in my life is I know all things come from God. God wills things, even when they're bad. And I try to, to embrace them in that way. I don't always do that gracefully, though. But in the back of my head, I try to know that this is guiding me to something greater. Suffering's one of those things. How does that help you to know yourself? Oh, that is great. Wow, that's a great question and a great, great observations on suffering as well. Um, and I actually think in our society, we're moving in the direction of we think all suffering is bad. So our society as a whole, for example, um, especially, you, well, you see it at both ends of the spectrum of, of life. Um, a woman doesn't want to undergo the suffering of being pregnant for nine months. So they have an abortion, you know, um, or they feel pressured into it. If we want to be a little bit more um, understanding of the situation, they might be pressured by somebody else. Um, at, and at the other end of the spectrum, you have um, elderly people whose, um, whose own children are telling them that they should end their lives because you, you don't want to undergo that suffering, mom or dad, you know, and we don't want to undergo the suffering of caring for you, um, you know, at the end of your life or whatever. And, and it's just, it's, it's horrible because I think it's just horrible to, to, to fear and to hate, to hate suffering so much that you would rather end the life of either an unborn child or, um, or an elderly person. And that's exactly what our society is, is working towards. And who knows, they'll probably, if we, if it continues along this route, they'll probably be, you know, mentally ill people that they want to end this. Like, you know, it, it's, it's like suffering is such an evil to society, I guess, in general, um, or to contemporary society, perhaps we would be better to say, I don't know. Um, but yes, suffering is, you will have suffering in, as, as Christ said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's like, it is a fact of, of the world. There is suffering in this world. There's evil in this world, there's suffering in this world. And the only uh, resolution to the, as you said, is Christ. And when we accept suffering and we join our suffering to Christ's suffering, he, God becomes man to, um, to actually suffer and die, which is like a crazy thought, you know, like mm -hmm. why would God do that's why that I was just thinking about that the other day. That's what, that is why Satan rebelled. Like he said, you can't, you can't do this. You can't become a human person. You, you're God. 
you know, why would you do that? That's horrible. Like, and then suffer and die, let them kill you. You know, that's like having an ant come and kill us or something, or willingly we offer our life for it or anyway. But the idea is that, you know, that, that is the, that was what Satan's thought was. He couldn't stand that thought of suffering and death and that God himself would allow himself to do, to allow his only son to suffer and die on the cross for, for us miserable creatures, you know? And, um, and that's why when Christ goes to, he's heading to Jerusalem and he goes, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die. And Peter, St. Peter goes, no, you're not going to do that. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Because that was the satanic thought, you know, that that is not, we have to accept suffering. If, if Christ is going to suffer and die on the cross, then our only way to ultimately to true authentic happiness and to eternal life is to also accept suffering and to join our suffering with Christ. And, and of course, it's a struggle. Because nobody wants to suffer. Like you said, you don't want, you don't like ask for suffering. You know, it's like, oh, give me some, we're not masochistic people. We're, we're normal human beings, you know, so we don't want suffering, but we have to admit that it exists. In well, Lorraine Bennett, Lorraine Bennett joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, but that's again, being attached to reality, being grounded in reality. Right. To understand, like Joe said, doesn't matter if you are, George Soros and have billions of dollars or Elon Musk, okay? Or you're some, some poor widow, okay? Who has no money in the bank, okay? Catholics understand the reality of, of, of human life, of human existence, okay? And we don't deny it. And when it happens, like you said, we don't ask for it, okay? Christ said, you're gonna have to bear a cross. You're gonna have to bear your cross, okay? So we, we accept that it's gonna come sooner or later in, in whatever form it comes in. I always thought that like when you listen to, especially like all the famous atheists, like the Sam Harris's of the world and Hitchens when he was alive, it's always like they're little snarky cute. Well, why would a good God allow suffering? All right. So therefore there's, there is no God. My response as a Catholic is that, look, if you want to criticize other religions, knock yourself out. I'm not speaking for them. I do know this though, as a Roman Catholic, I don't know why God allows suffering. I don't know why it's necessary. All I know is God experienced more suffering than I will in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and they have no response to that. Again, if you're going to criticize just the belief in God is one thing, but if you're going to criticize the Catholic faith, I, my response is always the same. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for you. But the one thing I do know is this, the same God I believe in embraced that suffering to show us the way. So you can't say God is indifferent. You can't say God is aloof. You can't say God just watches us suffer and doesn't know what he experienced because he was incarnate and he mm -hmm. suffered with us. And that's one thing that we have to make sure we tell people, okay? Yes, it's difficult, it's rough. The father had to watch the son get crucified by his creation. How, how difficult is that? If you really wanna put it in brass tacks. Sorry to go off on a diatribe, Lorraine Bennett joining us on the front line with Joe and Joe. But talk about that. God himself suffers, okay? God yeah. himself suffers. God knows everything we feel when we're, when we're in pain and suffering. Just talked about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the, absolutely amazing aspect of of our god that our god god is just so loving that he would actually take on the suffering that we deserve um and he takes it on in his son and it, it is truly amazing uh and you know the thing about suffering is that it's 
the thing that I don't understand is that it's going to happen anyway. It's actually worse if you don't believe in God or if you, it's worse if you don't have faith because those people, the people who maybe they have a son or daughter that died in, you know, at a young age, you know, a terrible death or something. And what do they claim? They have nothing. They just will have to feel embittered and, and alone and, and, you know, the universe is against them, I guess. I don't know what they have. It's, it's, it's actually very sad. And it's very, our faith is actually very comforting that we can turn to Christ and we can say, yes, he knows what, God knows what we went through here. Um, he allowed his only son to die. And, you know, so we don't understand why something happens, but we know that he will bring the best out of whatever situation. It's always going to be something better. Amen. Lorraine, as you both were talking, I was kind of like thinking of it as a third party. Um, I'm a former auditor, and that's how I always think, sadly. Uh, I, I think I need to go to a psychiatrist to get rid of that thought, but that's another story. Um, you know, I, you, if people heard what you're saying, they could easily just say, well, that's a crutch. No, it's not. Mm. No, it's not. Because suffering, you see, what I have learned in my own life, in my journey with God, in my journey as, as I, I'm going to be a 52-year-old man, um, I don't know myself. You see, God knows me better than I know myself. And suffering, while it's a mystery, and while I'm a mystery to myself, God knows everything. And he's trying to purify us. Suffering is a great tool to purify one's self. And ultimately, that's the journey to heaven. I follow this one woman. We're actually uh, lucky enough to speak with her soon. I hope I don't butcher her name. Her name is Jennifer Hubbard, I believe. She writes in the Magnificat. She lost a child, Violet, at in Connecticut. She writes some of the reflections. And, she, and I can't wait to speak with her because even before we were told we were going to speak with her. I always thought she was very insightful. She's very real and raw about her feelings. Um, and that came through the suffering. Um, God, through those events, purify us sometimes in a way that we would never, ever, ever get to. And that's, again, an answer that only is found through Christ, because the goal of life is not to thrive here. You see, the world thinks that. It's not. The goal of life is to get to heaven. And in order to get to heaven, you have to be holy, or you spend a lot of time in purgatory, or you come to my house on Thanksgiving and you hear crazy Italian people scream. One of the two. But you have to be holy. I kind of, I kind of like that. To be <laughs> well, so do I, actually. I, but I, I will tell you this as far as suffering is concerned, man. I wanted to just uh, finish up with one question. We only have a few minutes left. But Joe and I were talking before the show about his walk in the city on 8th Avenue. And you see all these broken people. You read stories, especially as Catholics. We hear stories of conversion um, where where people were sold one thing and, and, and they they, they ended up really in a really bad spot. Again, it goes back to the same theme, okay? The, those who convince those people either to leave, leave a, a, lead a sexually liberated lifestyle or a life of drugs, just embrace it, okay? The whole hippie movement, free love, free sex, uh, free drugs and all that, those are the people that are broken on those streets or in the grave. 
okay, if you want to talk about real suffering. People who are suffering because they've been duped into believing there's no such thing as suffering or that you could, we can offer you an alternative. Now, having said that, Okay, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, Lorraine Bennett's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're way in the breach talking about a lot of things, but the main thing is her game. Okay, know thyself, the game of temperaments. Please go out and buy it. I'm going to buy it and play with my family. I'm going to buy it at Sophia Institute Press. This leads one to, uh, in order to know yourself, you have to examine we hear that word in Catholic circles the examine, examination of conscience, examining one's life. Now, the saying goes, the, un the unexamined life is not worth living, okay? If you're just living one superficial moment to another, there's nothing really to reflect on. Talk about the need to examine your life as you're living it, but also at your later stages in life to look back on your life and examine it. Um, what does that mean, and why is it important, Lorraine Bennett? Well, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> that's like, um, that's a big one too. So yeah. Unfortunately, we only have a couple minutes, so <laughs> hit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I was thinking about that actually uh, just today and that um, I think to the extent that we are able, because every life is worth living. Every life has dignity in, in that we're created in the image and likeness of God. So even if you're, you know, even the, the fetus in the womb and all the way up to the end of life, like, you know, my own mother was, had had a terrible stroke at the end of her life. Um, and she couldn't articulate anything. She couldn't move or anything like every life is worth living every life, but if you can, and you have your, your faculties about you, you know, then definitely we should examine our life. And it's a beautiful practice that the church in, in her wisdom has given us the, the idea of doing a daily examine, I think it's called. Um, and you like at the end of the day, or even some people do it in the middle of the day to check in, how are you doing? Like I used to, at one point I was, when I told you about, you know, struggling with not being angry or, or not, you know, mouthing off in, inappropriately. <laughs> um, yes, I would like sometimes check in in the middle of the day and say, you know, how am I doing so far? Okay, let's remember to, let's, let's, let's pray a decade of the rosary maybe. <laughs> Lorraine, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we have to leave it there. Very quickly, the name of the game and where can people buy it? Oh, sophiainstitute.com. And I should hold the, can I hold the game up? Sure, sure. You. Here you go. Know thyself. 480 cards in there. Um, have a great time with your family and friends. Grow in love with each, you know, more uh, loving bonds, you know, among your family and your friends. Thank you. So, Lorraine Bennett, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, having this conversation with you at the front line with Joe and Joe. So please come back soon and join us here and we can mix it up again. Um, and thank you all out there for joining us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, um, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>